It's the Snobbies! You know how we do. I do. You know, nothing's going to change my love for you, Evan. You ought to know by now how much I love you. Why are we Why are we debating this? One thing you can be sure of. How long have we we've been doing this since 2016? Since we're not we're not debating our love no. anymore. I'll never ask not for more than your love, Evan. <laughs> well, it's free. Uh, I'm not trying oh, okay, to at this point. Good. So, nothing's going to change my love for you. You, you know what else know is never going to change? I love you. What's that? The fact that even though we've been insanely busy with our lives, we still come back to do a Snubbies every once in a while. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Snubbies. Welcome, everyone out there. Welcome. It's been a it's been a hot minute. It's been a minute. It's worth it, though. It's, it's worth been, the wait. It's worth it. You, you've you been super busy. <laughs> I've been busy. Yeah. Uh, Let's hear it. What have you been working on? I don't know. Um, I, Evan, I have no idea. I've been running a family business. Uh, I've been developing a couple of projects that I'm not allowed to talk about because I signed an NDA. Oh, I love the secret stuff. I yeah. love the secret stuff. Yeah. Non-disclosure agreement. I learned that's what that means. Cause I would just sign these things and I was like, okay. <laughs> that's like literally the first form you're supposed to sign on everything totally. at this point. Yeah. All good. All good, man. Um, no, yeah. Life well, Joey, is good. How, how are you, Evan? Uh, we're we're good, man. The kids are getting older. Things are getting crazier. I cannot wait to go back to the movies. And at this point, uh, hopefully we're all getting vaccinated soon so we can all go back to the movies and share germs again. For real. For real. I did hear an interesting podcast about how movie theaters are actually not that unsafe because it's you go there and you, you don't talk. So there's no there's no this is true. Well, and they're getting a bad rap. Well, de- depending. I mean, I I personally despise people that uh talk during movies and i'm not afraid to show my anger agreed agreed just maybe i'm not ready to go back to the movies maybe i still need some time to decompress <laughs> just saying uh we'll get back there. well joey it is fantastic to see you again yes. um obviously still remote Very but i gotta early. tell you i think i think we're getting close to doing one in person again i know there's a light at the end of the tunnel evan we're seeing it yeah that Oh, sorry. I didn't realize my pants were down. Um, so, uh, Joey, we have Wait, a couple interesting topics. You wear pants what? during these things? I'm always uh, barely, okay. barely. Okay. I mean, they 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 make they make great speedos these days. <laughs> uh, Evan, uh, so Joey, we got back. a couple topics that we're going to talk about. So good to be I back. Can't, we I can't. I can't disagree with that. It does feel great. It feels absolutely we're, fantastic. We're going to talk about movies that we love, talk about our love for each other. Uh, do you want to... She touched my leg. She. <laughs> what do you want to start with, Evan? Well, let's... Uh, since people already clicked on the episode, they know what we're going to do. Uh, why don't mm-hmm. you go ahead and tell them which award we're going to be doing a little bit later. It's a big one, Evan. I feel like there's some pressure on this one. This is Best Picture... 1987 so they gave the award out in 88 but we're doing the films of 1987 best picture and Perfect. it was a doozy that year Ooh-wee. and i and here's the thing is when when you look at the when you look at the nominees that year you you sit there and you look at the nominees and you're like yeah i those are consistently ranked as like some of the best movies of all time mm-hmm. but then you look at then you look at the snubs and you go wait a second how can these movies have been nominated over, I'd say, at least 10 more worthy other options here? Some timeless so, films made that year. And uh, this is, I don't, you know what this is? Uh-huh. This is an episode, like this was a year made for the snubbies. It really was. And I don't think we're, you know, going over the top by saying that. Not to tease things. Say that one more time. Bit. I don't think we're going over the top by saying that. Uh, before we get there, Joey, one of my—I I feel like we're also film historians here. We I are. feel like we can teach the people a thing or two. We can. Um, Joey, my one of my favorite words in movie production and making movies is contrapuntal. Ooh, just because it just sounds so fucking cool. It does. Uh, do you know what contrapuntal is, right? Yeah, that's like when you go down on the girl, right? 
that's a that's a punta cuntal. <laughs> Cunning linguist. Uh, oh the, no no yeah. no 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 contrapunctual. Contrapuntal. Contrapuntal. Uh, a, <laughs> <laughs> a, otherwise known as anempathetic. Um, so the reason I love this is because, and everyone knows what this is, even though even though they might not know what the terminology is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is when a uh, a director will use a song in a movie that does not fit the mood of the scene, thus changing the mood of the scene. Um, we're not going to list off, you know, top to bottom or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I do want to talk about some of my favorite ones because this is such a fun subject to talk about. It is. Um, it's such a good film trip too. I, I think the the best example that anyone can think of has to come from Reservoir Dogs and the stuck in the middle with you scene. That's the because one. That's the one. It's it's the quintessential example. Um, you've you've got this horrific scene with the dude getting his ear sliced off. Meanwhile, you know we're just dancing around singing "Stuck in the Middle with You." Uh, the song works because he's stuck in this room with this psychopath. Um, but it's an upbeat song to an otherwise horrific scene. So that's like the best example that most people come up with. But I'm curious to hear, what are some of your favorites of uh, Contrapuntal? The Contrapuntal. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot. There's a lot to go through. Um, off the top of my head, I really like the opening of Wally. Um, Good call. Lyrically, Good it call. matches. You know, it's this you know, whimsical, aspirational, positive thing where in, in you're seeing, oh shit, the earth is actually full of trash and poor little Wally's all by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, beautifully done. I mean, this film's fantastic on so many levels, but they really nailed it just starting out. Uh, I'd say that's the probably thing that's so nice for me. Yeah. And the thing that's so nice about it is here's Wally. He's the only somewhat living creature on earth. And the song that that's playing is "Put on Your Sunday Clothes" from the musical "Hello Dolly." Mm-hmm. And you know, put on your Sunday clothes. There's lots of world out there. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to go. <laughs> that was beautiful. Uh, didn't mean to go Broadway <laughs> on you. Uh, but it's it's juxtaposed, uh, juxtapositioned against uh, just this decayed earth. So the song "Put on Your Sunday Clothes," meaning put on your best clothes, for for what? For who? For nothing. Mm-hmm. For absolutely nothing. Yeah. But it's it's an upbeat moment in an otherwise dismal setting. It's contrapuntal. It it is. It is. And it's beautifully done. I love it. Uh, I love how it. about you, Evan? Um, what, what are you thinking? Well, it, you know, it's funny because the more and more I start, you know, I was really like diving into this topic. I I was trying to figure out, like, do we only stick with like pre-recorded music like Wally or like Reservoir Dogs, because there's a scene in, in one of uh, what I think is one of the most underrated movies of all time, and that is Sam Mendes's uh, Road to Perdition. Hmm. And it's it's a score option. It's not a it's not a pre-chosen music, but it's a scene where Tom Hanks is uh, in it's a raining alleyway and he's just mowing down these gangsters with a Tommy gun, including uh, the, the man who's basically a father figure to him. It is. If there was no sound to well, there is no sound to it, but if there was sound to it, you would just have a machine gun just mowing people down, and that's that. But it's this haunting, beautiful music that makes it like almost like operatic in a sense where where you're just like uh, like, oh my god, like this is this is horrific, but it's also beautifully moving at the same time. Um, I don't know, would you would you consider film score be contrapuntal because it's specifically made for the movie? I would think so. I think it's more of a conceptual thing, right? It doesn't have to be some pop song that we're all familiar with. Um, And for whatever reason, violence in cinema seems to be the go-to with this type of thing. Um, Although it doesn't always have to be totally violent. Like one of my favorites, Boogie Nights, uh, when they're playing Jesse's Girl. It's not a violent scene per se, and it's going to potentially end in violence but it's just more building up the anxiety of being on drugs with drug dealers in a very dark place Uh, but you know what's interesting about that scene as well is jesse's girl obviously it's an insanely catchy song everybody loves it you love it i love it 
The crowd loves it. Let's do an encore here. Um, it, you're, you set it up perfectly. Like, it's a scene that is dripping with potential violence, and you know the violence is coming. But yet we're juxtapositioned with this catchy, fun song. And, it, I mean, again, contrapuntal. Mm-hmm. The music is just setting us in a completely different mood from what we should be seeing. Perfect example. I love it. Uh, yeah, PTA, the best. The best. Um, just to throw out a couple more here, because this is a fun topic, and mm-hmm. I could talk about this for, for hours. Um, I mean, some of, uh, some of the best ones, uh, Goodbye Horses in uh, Sounds of the Lambs. <laughs> now, if anyone's ever heard Goodbye Horses on its own, it's it just reeks of 80s synthesizer, like all that good stuff in there. But then you've got a serial killer with his wiener tucked between his legs wearing a, a suit of human skin dancing in the window, or dancing in the mirror saying, God, hard fuck me. God fuck me. Hard fuck me hard. Yeah. One of our favorites. I've... I've practiced that line way too many times uh but that's another good example of here's like a you know 80s synthesizer fun music but Mm. dear god what we're seeing is horrific oh goodness gracious you know what's a great one that i rewatched today was uh full metal jacket um oh which one right well the bird is the word one is so fun yeah uh yeah because it's just such a ridiculous song and i i can't imagine to in that situation in combat um, no thankfully I'd be no. blessed not to do that but like uh, it, it gives me anxiety watching that scene because of mm-hmm. that song you know the song really puts me in that awkward awful place uh, yeah and it's almost like they're actually surfing I mean the you know the song is surfing bird and then you know it's it's them laying around in the ruins of Vietnam, and then it actually looks like they're surfing on the tanks going through the villages, which is just disturbing. Great film, great. But film. the reason I said which one was because at the end of the movie, after we've just come full circle on just complete PTSD horror material, mm-hmm. the the troops are marching, singing the Mickey Mouse song. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S. And that's, now that's not an editorial decision that was made in the movie, but you talk about music being juxtapositioned against the scene. These people have just committed genocide. And they're supposed to be the heroes. And, I mean, that that goes into a ton of sociopolitical commentary, obviously. But then they sing the theme song of arguably the most beloved character in global history that's fucked up sir totally poor mickey mouse grew up a cow um he, he's really gotten a bad rap <laughs> last <laughs> last couple decades old mickey uh i also did watch uh, a little american psycho today and hip, oh. hip to be square i mean you could argue thematically it's it's within the world but clearly when he's you know hacking up uh, Jared Leto, the axe. It's, oh yeah, um, it's a little. Oh yeah, it's a little anima pathetic. I mean, how? I don't. I can't think of anyone that doesn't love that that scene because a they love the song, but then also again, horrific images mm-hmm. complemented by fun upbeat material. Your brain doesn't know what to do, and. In a storytelling sense, Joey, you're the storyteller between us. You're the one that have, that's actually written award-winning movies. I have. Um, it, I mean, you're you're basically telling the audience, set the fuck down because you don't know where we're going from here. Yeah, and it's reviewing this. It's really made me think. Like, uh, in my future writing, I'm going to be adding this all over the place. I mean, if Cooper could do it, you know, I'd, I'd like to think I could I Absolutely. could hack him. So. Uh, it's a great, it's a great tool for storytelling for sure. But we haven't talked about your favorite movie of all time yet. <laughs> so I actually didn't know if I wanted to. Huh. Um, a lot of the research I was doing on this topic, uh, they all pointed to The Shining, hmm. and I personally don't feel that the introduction to The Shining is contrapuntal. Mm-hmm. Um, the the music is horrific. The scenery is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where they're coming from. I think so. But but personally for me, it's it's setting the tone 
And if anything, the mountains are, they, they go from being beautiful to haunting. You know, there's, there's nothing, um, I think it's tone setting. I don't think it's juxtapositioned at all. I think by the end of that driving shot of the yellow Volkswagen going through the mountains, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm terrified of the mountains by the end of that. And I haven't even heard a single line of dialogue. God, I'd love it when you break down The Shining. I love it. I do break it down all day long. Bring it. <laughs> Good. Well, then, but I'm it, glad like we clear that up because you're. But you're you, right. you get it because like yeah yeah I don't I don't think it's contrapuntal and but it makes me it makes me scared before the the movie even gets going. Yeah, unlike um, singing in the rain with Clockwork Orange, like right, like that's. Oh. Arguably. Yeah, that's. Oh. Hard to watch. Hard to watch. Yes. <laughs> Because it's it's a they're setting up a your favorite word the R word mm. they're 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 setting up a ravaging, um, that's that's code for a four letter word Don't that rhymes with ape. Don't say it. Um, but yeah, that's the perfect example of, of contrapuntal because singing in the rain, one of cinema's all time greatest love songs, and you're about to witness uh, yeah a rap with a long e at the end. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that is, that's not fun. Goodness. Kubrick. Kubrick's all over this stuff. He is. And and that was a lot of the research we're saying, like Tarantino and Kubrick were the masters of this. Mm. But I got to say, I mean, Tarantino, yeah, he's got a couple here and there, but I I feel like he uses music more to the strengths rather than the opposite. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I, I agree. I agree. He's not just flipping it every time. Um, I think we have to mention Face Off because it's such a great movie. <laughs> you, you talk about it. I want to hear you uh, go. I, I love Face Off. And it's Over the Rainbow. <laughs> and I mean, this, it's just, I don't know. I feel like Nick Cage was peaking. Uh, True. John Woo. It's just, it's so cheesy. And the whole movie just kind of is kind of. I'm going to say this wrong every time and empathetic. Uh, it's, it's empathetic. It, did I say it right? It's just the perfect movie for the, it. the antithesis of empathy. Oh, I love that. Um, cause it's this overly dramatic action film, but everyone's laughing at it the entire time. Right. Yep. It's so ridiculous yep. that. And this... when you have, when you have, we have Over the Rainbow playing while like just shenanigans John Woo action is playing in the background. Fantastic! Like, I, I could eat that with a spoon. <laughs> totally. Um, what else? Uh, there was another Silence of the Lambs one where they're playing the classical music after he just like ate the face off of a that's, security guard. That's a classic. That, that one's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think there are, uh, I think Vietnam war movies are like the perfect setup for these kind of things and there's actually like three more that i wanted to bring up um the first one being uh, apocalypse now with the ride of the valkyrie scene now are you are you familiar with the history of ride of the valkyries uh no tell me so uh ride of the valkyries uh written by a german uh composer i think it's wagner uh german composer wrote it uh, German Nazi soldiers would actually play that song through loudspeakers as they were storming towns uh, and conducting air raids. Like this, this is historical stuff. To see the quote-unquote heroes, the Americans, use that same song in the same exact manner to in this scene to literally murder a village so that they can go surfing. <laughs> it's. It, when you hear the song and it's playing in the background for our listeners right now, um, it's a triumphant song, but it's also it has a lot of historical context that's just shrouded in disturbing uh, fascist bullshit. Uh, so when you, you know, obviously Apocalypse Now, we're the Americans, we're supposed to be the good guys, but we're using the theme song of the most evil bad guys in history. And we're doing the exact thing that those bad guys were doing, genocide. Brilliant. So it's it's the perfect song to use in that moment because that's a commentary, my friend, mm-hmm. using using contrapuntal to, to go through that. Um, 
I want to save my probably one of my favorite examples of contrapuntal for the end here. But the, uh, another one of the Vietnam examples was the singing of God Bless America at the end of Deer Hunter. I don't think I made it to the end of Deer Hunter, my man. I got the oh. I know. I got the two disc VHS oh. or the two tape VHS, and I, oh I've never. Oh my! You've never, dude. I know. Wait, but you you know what happens in that movie, right? I've heard. Yes, I. But it's like it's not the same experiencing it, obviously. Oh my god! Okay, well I'm gonna spoil this for you. It's so. okay. Can't believe it's it. my fault. Just spoil this for fifty years. So, I've had some so. Time. <laughs> you kind of missed the boat, my friend. Um, so. The thing, the, just summing up Deer Hunter in a criminally short five seconds, it's all about the post-traumatic stress of going through Vietnam and being in a prisoner of war camp. Um, uh, Christopher Walken won Best Supporting Actor for this movie, and goddamn rightfully so. Um, we could do a Snubbies episode on that, but I guarantee you he's gonna, still going to walk away with mm. it. Um, but basically, at the end of the movie, uh, he returns to Vietnam because of his post-traumatic stress and basically is like a professional Russian roulette player. Like that's how fucked up his mind is. Um, Robert De Niro goes back over there. He was a war buddy of his and a, and a hometown buddy tries to bring him home, but he ends up losing his last battle with Russian roulette, which you know what that means. Um, Robert De Niro returns back home and the whole town has a funeral for him. And it's just him and his buddies sitting in a in an empty bar that's not even open singing this super melancholy version of God bless America God bless America land that I love stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above from the mountains to the prairies to the ocean wide with foam god bless america my home sweet home god bless america Just the neck. To the neck. And again, it's it's Vietnam. It's it's this false narrative that was pushed on these people that hid their post-traumatic stress disorder. And to hear these people in a melancholy tone saying, God bless America, like I'm proud of my country, uh, you know, I stand by my country, it's like they're acknowledging the bullshit of it, but also it's like they're resigning themselves to like they have nothing else. Um, it's hard to watch, man. It's really hard to watch. But not an editorial decision. Correct. It was. Yeah, it was in the movie. Gotcha. In the movie for sure. Yeah. So, um, I'll save uh, I'll save my last one for uh, for after you mention a couple others, and then we'll move along here. Um, I mean, a, a kind of a cliche one is Guardians of the Galaxy. Hooked on the feeling. Oh, yeah. Super well done, obviously. Um, Doctor Strangelove. I don't want this one to get overlooked because here we are talking about Kubrick again. But, you know. Yep. A bomb's getting dropped. And here's this beautiful song. Yeah, such a beautiful song, too. lyrically, it's it's all matching up. And I just, I love Doctor Strangelove. It's, yeah. And that, that song, I mean, we'll meet again. It, it's haunting. Totally, totally. It's and, and almost almost in a peaceful kind of way where it's like, hey, we're fucked. We're we're all gonna blow each other up. We'll meet each other back in the cosmos when we're all like space dust. Mm-hmm. That's all that's gonna happen. Yeah, and it it kind of brings a, a serious tone to kind of a, a silly movie. I mean, silly for Kubrick's standards, I guess. True. True. Um, definitely one of my favorites. All right, I got. The, I'll mention two more, and then we can move along. Okay. Um, 
just to stay on the, uh, or just to give a little bit more love to the horror movie genre, I don't think there's been a better example of lingering contrapuntal than Tiptoe Through the Tulips from Insidious, the Tiny Tim song. Uh, that song, because of that movie, went from just like a silly little high-pitched man like singing, you know, Tiptoe Through the Tiptoe, you know, just like really weird song to if you hear that song now fucking chills and hair standing up on the back of your neck and where's the ghosts in the room holy shit uh, it's like because of contrapuntal and the choice of playing this exact like silly song in this moment terrifying absolutely terrifying insidious and it's a perfect perfect choice you love horror I dude, I I love me some horror. You do. What else you got? Uh, g- uh, I'm gonna save my my last choice for for the very end. Uh, g- give me, give me one more, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, you mentioned uh, the Hey song on, on Joker. <laughs> yeah. It. I could I could see it. I could argue both ways. I think right because he's such. A messed up you could, because he's jazzed up at that point, and yeah, what right. better song than like a jock jam song to be playing at that yeah. time? But like you said, I, it's I, a jock jam song. I think maybe, I think the reason why it stood out for me, because this song didn't, this didn't appear on any research. Like this was me putting this on the list because I, I felt like it was worth talking about. When when you see that scene in the trailer, mm-hmm. or like when you know that scene is coming in the movie. Never in a million years would I have put the Hey song in uh, in that moment. You know, I would I would pick like a slow motion, like again operatic, something something grand. Mm-hmm. But instead, they went they went with fucking Jock Jams Volume One, like <laughs> that. I, it it just blew my mind, and I wasn't ready for it. And in in some way, I was like, well, if I'm not ready for it, that's that's contrapuntal. That's setting. That's diverting my expectations somewhere else. And now I don't know where we're going with this. It, you're right. They they did. They nailed it. And that movie's so good. Um, it's so dark, yeah. you know. And that there's this moment of levity that you're almost like wanting to relate with him, but you also know, yeah. like, okay, leading up to this, it, things have not been good for him, and it's not getting any better. Yeah, and and the other thing too is like we're we're starting to get into that phase of film history, a couple of years after a release where people are like, oh, it's it's cool to shit on this movie now, and it's like, no, it's not. No. This movie is still fantastic. Leave it alone. Still great. Don't fuck with me. Still good. Still so, good. Good call. Um, so the the last one I wanted to mention because I actually think, I think this one's the most haunting of all of them, is from Good Morning Vietnam, hmm. when. They are showing uh, the just the uh, the images of the Vietnam War. Again, we're always going back to Vietnam mm-hmm. um, because it's it's just a, a historical topic that's just ripe for for this type of stuff. And you know, like some shits happened in the movie at this point. You know, people are you know the troops are starting to realize like this isn't the war that we thought it was going to be and all that. And then they just they set uh, Louis Armstrong's "What a Wonderful World" to just these horrific images of just blood in the streets, crying children, villages being burned, uh, just the total destruction of of just. I mean, I, you have to call it fascism. I mean, that's that's what we were doing. We were doing to Vietnam what uh, what we were accusing Germany of doing, essentially, and. I mean, maybe not on the scale that Germany was doing it, but it's still, I don't think anybody would say what we did over there was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just, you have one of the most beloved, heartfelt songs of all time set against this mirror of, look at what the fuck you did. What did you do? You know? I mean, it's, the us being there is kind of an empathetic in, it, in its own right, right? It's like, we're not being empathetic. We're being selfish, um, so it's mm-hmm. ripe for these movies. Yeah, yeah. Do you, so the, that was uh, that was kind of like my overall big one. Did, was there anything else that you want to uh, talk on that one? No, I, I I think we did a pretty good job. Evan. I high five, high five on that one. Hell yeah! Should we? Uh, yeah, I mean that's uh, that was a decent little uh, little 
little chunk of time there. We'll we'll try to shorten up the uh, the awards section here. Yeah, um, but I could use a little break. You want to do some cool vibes? I do. I need some. I need some cool vibes. Need, All right, I need just those cool vibes. Joey, uh-huh. cool vibes coming at you, my brother, right now. Mm, feels so good. Joey, th- those are some vibes, man. Those are some vibes that were cool. Uh, I I feel so much better now. Um, yeah, I'm nice and relaxed. I'm ready to to give out a best picture award, Evan. I'm ready. Oh, I, I Joey, I'm not ready to give out a best Ooh. picture. I'm ready to take a ah, best picture. That's what we do. That's what we did. What, you did. See I what see I did that. there? That's brilliant. see what I did. Pointing at the zoom <laughs> camera right now. See what I did there, um, Joey. The year was 1987. The award year was 1988. We're talking Oscars. Mm -hmm. Uh, A fun little movie, lighthearted movie called The Last Emperor. Mm. (laughs) One, one best picture. Joey, have you seen the? (laughs) That's a, it's a goddamn lie, and you know it. Uh, Joey, have you seen the last? I saw it years ago, Evan, and then I, I kind of recapped with my research leading up to this because that's what I do. I research. Um, and I didn't end up watching the whole thing because it's three hours it's, long. Yeah, it's and you know what? It's that's, okay. That's fine. It's a beautiful film. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's okay. It's a good movie. Um, but if I'm saying it like that, it's clearly not the best picture that no, year. No, there were some other movies made that year that uh, are a little bit more important when it comes to the court of public opinion. That's what I was fishing for. I was waiting for that court of public opinion. Um, yeah, this is uh, actually Joey. I'm gonna I'm gonna do us all a favor right now. I'm gonna go down, including Last Emperor, which was the winner. Here's the four other nominees, mm-hmm. super quick: Broadcast News, Fatal Attraction, Hope and Glory, Moonstruck. Um, now we were talking a little bit before we started mm-hmm. recording, and we both agreed all five of these. Considered some of the greatest movies of all time. Great films. But we're going to list off some now that you're going to say there's no chance in hell that any of those five that I just mentioned are better than these. No, no. And these have kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit, these nominees, compared to the ones we're going to talk about coming up. Um, do you do you have any opinions about the other four nominations? Yeah, jackass. I don't. Yeah, sorry guys. We just had like a really big glitch that we're trying to work out of it. I can't figure out where to cut back in, so we're just gonna awkwardly cut back in here. Uh, yeah, Welcome I was gonna back. ask you. Um, these are these are great movies, like we mentioned. The, the other nominees. Uh, yeah. Would you would you consider some of these other Nine ones? Films were nominated for an Oscar. What was that? <laughs> Siri decided to interrupt. Uh, Good for Siri. Uh, Joe, yeah. here's here's the thing. I can sum up these five movies right now. Last Emperor, uh, an epic, looks great, great acting, forgettable plot. Uh, broadcast news, it's fun if you're into learning about how to write a script. Uh, Fatal Attraction, one of the greatest villains of all time, otherwise fairly cheesy. Hope and Glory, very forgettable. And Moonstruck is known for one single line in the entire movie. Snap out of it. That's it. That's all five nominees. <laughs> Did Evan, I did I fuck that breaking up? Breaking it down. No. Um I think Moonstruck's a very cute fun movie. Uh I'm a fan. Sure. It's is it the sure, best it's, film it's made that year? Good. No. Uh-huh. No, absolutely not. Because uh, Joey, Fatal Attraction um, terrifying. Yes. Yes, not one the, of the greatest, not the greatest film time. that year. No, and it, you know Boiling the Bunny that's super creepy. Um mm-hmm. you know Michael Douglas is the shit. I absolutely love him. Uh, but it's not even the best Michael Douglas movie that year because Wall Street was better than than <laughs> Fatal Attraction, and he he won for Wall Street, right? Ooh, I'll, I'll I want to say he won an. I think oh. Michael Douglas won an Oscar for Wall Street. I could be wrong though. Give me a sec. <clears throat> best actor, yeah, Michael Douglas. There, there you go. I kind of know my shit. So he got um, his. <laughs> 
So yeah, like wasn't even the best Michael Douglas movie that year. Um, but I got to say, I don't know if I would consider Wall Street uh, one of the five nominees. I wouldn't either. No, not not this year. No. Um, Joey, do we uh, I think we should just go over some of the, the one the also rants because these are definitely not going to make it. But like okay. there's movies on here like Planes, Trains and Automobiles, Adventures in Babysitting, Hellraiser, Spaceballs, La Bamba. Uh, those are just some fun, fun, great movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they're not going to get nominated, but I got to say, I'd rather watch any of those movies that I just mentioned more than the five that were actually nominated. Oh, yeah. I'll watch Spaceballs once a week. Uh, just cause. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some great honorable mentions of this year. Um, I have a couple. Like, Robocop. <sighs> Robocop's epic, dude. Over the top. <sighs> he has to arm wrestle for custody of his kid. For Christ's sake. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't I, get more '80s than that. I I rewatched Over the Top this morning, even though I I probably should have watched a film that I haven't seen that year. Instead, I watched a film that I've <laughs> seen 15 times. But it's the most shameless product placement I've ever seen in a movie. There's people yeah. in the crowd no, wearing T-shirts that say Duracell and Alka Seltzer. <laughs> And it's like, why would they wear that shirt? And also, why not, Joey? where do I get that shirt? Because I would love to have a shirt that says Alka-Seltzer on it. And then there's just Budweiser everywhere. It's just like, clearly, this is a Budweiser yeah. film. And then he turns love his it. hat around, and he turns into a machine. That's when it turned into a machine. And then he's just got, he's got that weird. Fingers. He's got that yeah. weird grip over the thumb thing that he does. God, that's so fucking cool. Um it's a there, perfect there film to get a, a close-up of his, like, curling lips, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think anytime there's a Stallone meme where it looks like he's taking a shit, they take it from over the top. I love over the top. Uh, there's another epic that I would compare to Last Emperor, and that is Empire of the Sun. Um, very, very similar in, in sense of tone and style and everything. It's like... I guess they yeah they picked they picked the one that they wanted to get nominated and told the other one to f off. Yeah, Spielberg and young Christian Bale. I mean, it's it's interesting. Uh, yeah, not the greatest film made that year. No, but, um, no, that's why I didn't get nominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey, I gotta say, like Predator. <laughs> like, come on, man, Predator. I would I would nominate I'm gonna make a strong shit. argument for Predator. All right, then I'm, I'm not going to discount it. Then, at this argument. Point. Okay, good, good. Okay, yeah. So, Joey, how, how do we want to do this? Do we, do we want to pick um, our top three to be like the nominee, the six pool nominee? What do we think? Uh let's let's do that. I think I can do a top three. I think I can do a top three. It might be a top four. Well, here, well, here's the thing. We'll go we'll go back and forth because I'm sure we will have a ton of crossover. Um, True. And we'll just we'll come up we'll come up with six. And then that'll be instead of the top five, we'll have the top six, and then we'll so, uh, we'll decide which one from that. Okay, point. cool. And I'm guessing "Can't Buy Me Love" is not going to be in your your top f- five. That's going to be a hard pass on me, my Cindy friend. Cindy Mancini, but nominated if you want. <laughs> no, I just nominated I got it if you want. I had to mention it. I had to mention it. <laughs> and mannequin. I also love mannequin. <laughs> mannequin is pretty solid. I, a, I will give you mannequin. Thank you. It's a great film. Not the best that year, but a great film nonetheless. No, it's it's definitely got uh, it's it's definitely got some fun stuff in there. Um, oh, Joey, Joey, Joey! There's so many in here. You know what? We actually already mentioned a couple of these in our uh, our last little rant that we were doing about contrapuntal. Mm. Um, I'm I'm gonna throw out the hard one first. That's what she said. Um, I'm my first nominee is gonna be Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, uh, you're preaching to the choir here. Go ahead. I mean, it's it's Kubrick. Obviously, we we don't need to say any more than, than that. It's Kubrick. Mm-hmm. Um, we, would you say arguably one of his top three? Ah, uh, so it's not his best. I'd say top top five for sure. Right, but it's it is a masterpiece, and it's better than the majority of every film made that year. I mean, because just because it's Kubrick alone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really, it's really good. And we've talked about this a lot on this podcast of how it's kind of two movies in one, um, how dense yep. it is. There's a lot to, to unfold here, but it's got to be on this, on the, the list of best films this year. 
It has to. It, I mean, it's on the list of it's on the top AFI top 100 list of all time. So, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's for sure. Get nominated it needs to be nominated. Yes. Yeah. Done. And I mean, my my God, man, like like you said, it, it's two movies in one. It's uh, you know, it's, it's like a short term P, uh, PTSD with uh, Private Pile. And then it's like the longer term PTSD uh, with the end of the movie where, you know, you're killing the sniper who's just defending their home and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it. Th- there's a oh, my God, there's a lot of metaphor. There's a lot of commentary, a lot of contrapuntal. She touched my leg again. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, Full Metal Jacket is the full package, man. It is. Beautifully shot, beautifully performed. Uh, it's Kubrick. And Arlie Emery. Yeah. Arlie yeah. Emery with the performance of a lifetime. Totally, totally. And, I mean, Kubrick was, you know, firing on all cylinders at this point. You know, he was at that perfect oh, age. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, shit, he made a, one movie every ten years, so clearly he was... Uh, yeah. He knew what he was doing. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's With a nominee. Complete autonomy. Good deal. All right, you give me one. Um, well, not to drag this out, but I, Predator's got to be on the list of best films of this year. I I love you, man. It has to I be. I love Predator. Can I just can I just rip off a few little fun facts? You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. If we're talking quotes, <laughs> <laughs> I mean the quotes alone, Dude, it, right? It, it, get to the it's it's the movie that that had get to the chopper. Get to the get chopper. to the chopper. Like if it bleeds, we can kill it. Uh, oh, so good, Jesse the there's Body something Ventura. Out there waiting for us, and it ain't no man, you know. And like uh, you're hit, you're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. I ain't got no time to bleed. <laughs> He's so good. Um, and then, like, you know, the CIA got you pushing too many pencils. Like, I love – I say that regularly, uh, and I also say you son of a bitch, and I say you get to the chopper, and I say anytime. Anytime I say those words, it's – it's. <laughs> I'm saying it in, you know, the words of Predator. Did, um, I, ever, did I ever tell you, you the know, time shop- that I got uh, – I got an A plus – I got an A plus on a uh, college uh, a college analytical paper on Vietnam. Again, going back to Vietnam. I, I used Predator mm-hmm. uh, as the example that it was uh, it was the counterpart commentary to Vietnam where the America uh, where the the alien was uh, the invading U.S. forces with its superior technology just burning down the forest or burning down the jungle and the Americans even though we were in Cambodia in that movie. Uh, represented the Viet Cong because they were the people of the jungle and Schwarzenegger used the jungle to his advantage to fight the superior technology. Wow. A plus on that paper, my friend. I rocked the shit out of that one. I would love to read that someday. Um, That's fantastic. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, Billy's a total psycho, right? He takes off his gun and, like, cuts himself and has a knife fight that we don't even get to see and he just dies super quick. Uh, I love the fact that... And he got the whole, like... The Predator Vision heat signature. Yes, yes. Um, when Dylan gets his arm shot off, that's like it becomes one of the best clips of Arrested Development. You know, it's like <laughs> Carl Weathers is fantastic in it. And that weird, that weird like woodpecker sound in the back, like the yeah, whatever the hell that sound is. I love that totally. Sound. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Predator, it's so quotable. So many awesome sounds and sights and everything. Good, good on you on and, that one. And, That's a good selection. And Jean-Claude Van Damme was the original Predator. So, like, you know, our hero. Was that, is that legit? I've always heard that rumor. Is that legit? It is legit. I, I researched it. I looked it up just so I could make sure I could uh, claim it today. I also thought well, that Shane Black wrote it, but I was wrong. He wrote Lethal Weapon, um, but he stars But Shane Black this. did Predators. He did do Predators, yeah. And they brought him on as okay. an actor to potentially, like, rewrite scenes as they filmed. But it turns gotcha. out they, they didn't okay. use any of his stuff except his uh okay. his, his jokes his his p word which jokes. is which is sad because obviously uh, Shane Black of Iron Man three and uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang fame uh man he's good he's, he's really really good he's great and not to confuse this year because there was two Schwarzenegger films this year The Running Man also came out um, <laughs> not as good not as good. No, but it's still better than uh, stuff like Dune, which was out around the same time. Yeah, yeah. 
um, for whatever reason, Maria Conchita Alonso in Running Man just drives me nuts. I can't, <laughs> I can't stand her. Whereas the girl in Predator, I think Elpidia Carrillo, she, she was great. She was, yeah, she was pretty good. I'll take her. She's great. Um, this movie's great. It's like the Magnificent Lethal- Seven. It's got it all. It's got it all. Yeah, no, that's that is true. Uh, you you mentioned Lethal Weapon. Um, is that going to make a, a nominee list for you? <laughs> I love Lethal Weapon. Um, Mel Gibson's a total nutsack in this movie, <laughs> and it obviously set up a whole franchise. I don't know if it's the yeah. I don't best movie. I don't see it getting a nominee. Year. I don't think so. Yeah, sorry. I'll, I'll watch it if it's on TV, but that's as far as it's going. For sure. Uh, Joey, what do you um, got? I don't like the Untouchables. No. No, I'm going to... Sorry, I know people are like, where did that come from? Um, I'm just <laughs> looking at the list. Um, I, I, there's a very, very obvious one. Should I just do the very obvious one? Yeah, go ahead. Joey, The Princess Bride. Come on. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. How, how... How has arguably the most beloved movie of the 80s from our childhood not nominated and you know what's funny is i was watching uh i was watching behind the scenes stuff from like carrie elways uh on youtube the other day and you know he and uh anigo montoya what the hell what the hell's uh mandy patinkin Mm -hmm. uh just they were going back and forth like yeah we honestly when we were making this we didn't think anybody was going to see it and it's wow. only grown in popularity every year since its release. Oh, it's so good. Um, and it, it's, and it it's is timeless. So good. You know, besides the opening scene with the grandfather and grandson, which is, or you could argue, is pretty timeless. An old guy reading a book to a young kid. Um, yep. The film can be watched by any generation and, and enjoy it. You oh, know? totally. And that's that's a nice thing because it, it is a period piece, but it's told in a contemporary setting. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the, the only other movie that kind of came close to something like that was like A Knight's Tale. You know, it's got a it's got a very contemporary twist on a on a, a period piece story. Um, but I mean, you've got Andre the Giant in there. And I thought there are four of us. If we ever find a lady. Hello, lady. We mentioned Carrie Elways. And I'll use small words that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog faced buffoon. Uh you know, Robin Wright or Robin Wright Penn, whichever, you know, whenever she's married to Sean Penn. Um, Mandy Patinkin. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. I mean, the pits of despair. About... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, you you want to talk about quotable stuff here? I'm just going to give you three minutes of quotes from Princess Bride right now. I just work for Ficina to pay the bills. It's not a lot of money in revenge. There's a shortage of perfect breasts in this world. It would be a pity to damage yours. Where am I? The pits of despair. Don't even think. Don't even think about trying to escape. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for a nice MLT, mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes are ripe. They're so perky. I love that. You know how much I love watching you work. But I've got my country's 500th anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, and Gilda to frame for it. I'm swamped. Offer me money. Yes. Power to promise me that. All that I have and more. Please. Offer me everything I ask for. Anything you want. I want my father back, you son of a bitch. Chocolate coating makes it go down easier, but you have to wait 15 minutes for full potency, and you shouldn't go in swimming after for at least what? An, an hour. Yeah, an a hour. good hour. You mock my pain. Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who says differently is selling something. Now, mostly dead, is slightly alive. Now, all dead. Well, with all dead, there's usually only one thing that you can do. What's that? Go through his clothes and look for loose change. Your ears you keep, and I'll tell you why. So that every shriek of every child at seeing your hideousness will be yours to cherish. Every babe that weeps at your approach, every woman who cries out, Dear God, what is that thing? will echo in your perfect ears. That is what the pain means. It means I leave you in anguish. 
wallowing in freakish misery forever. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Skip to the end. Have you the win? You seem a decent fellow. I hate to kill you. You seem a decent fellow. I hate to die. Percy, are there rocks ahead? If they are, we all be dead. No more rhymes now, I mean it. Anybody want a peanut? Bye-bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye. I do not envy you the headache you will have when you awake. But in the meantime, rest well and dream of large women. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia. But only slightly less well-known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Dude, those are all... Fantastic. All, like... Fantastic. Any... At any point in the day, I can walk down the street and say one of those quotes, and people are just going to start reciting it back to me. Again, one of those movies that, yeah, it's just part of my vernacular. Just like, I died yeah. that day. Like, <laughs> you know, I say that all the time. <laughs> and like, drop your sword. And like, the, the, the sword fight on the cliffs, and then like, the R.E.O.U.S.'s, it's just like, yep. the film's awesome. It's just the, awesome. The, the interaction between Mandy Patinkin and Carrie Always is so amazing. It's like, you seem a decent fellow. I hate to kill you. You mm-hmm. seem like a decent fellow. I hate to die. Like, yeah. it's it's such a lovable interaction. Totally. Totally. And, he, you know, he can't make a lot of money in revenge. And it's it's fantastic. Start to finish. It's, it's it got, so good. It, it got snubbed. It got snubbed. So, but not here. Oh, no, absolutely. It's uh, I mean, shit, dude. I can't even say right now. This is going to be in the top two. For we're gonna sure. have to make a make, we're gonna have to make a hard decision about this one. I got one. Joey, hit me. I got one for you. What you got? I think Dirty Dancing should have been nominated for best film. I knew you were going to go that route. Did you? I knew it. I knew you would. So again, we were talking. You're about, not wrong. You we were talking about period pieces, but this period piece like really does exemplify 1987. Um, which, would, we, would we consider it a period piece? Well, yeah, it doesn't take place in 1987, right? Isn't it like? Yeah, I guess. I guess you're right. I guess it's more of like a what a 50s. Yeah, story, something maybe? like 50s, 60s, somewhere I, in there. I I am not entirely sure about that. Um, that being said, when we think back to 1980s, yeah, it's the summer of '63. That's when it takes place. Okay. Okay. All right. So you're right. You're right. But, you know, Jennifer Gray's hair, Patrick Swayze's everything, like... Uh, Crazy for Swayze. The music, like, had this reemergence. You know, this classic music obviously became super popular again. Um, Eric Carmen had a bunch of hits. It just it just oozes 1987, which I love. And it's it is a, a great soundtrack. It's a, it's a great film. As a little kid, it was like really sexual for me, and I was like, I didn't know how to handle my feelings back then. Um, still in love with Jennifer Grey. She's still such a babe, and I'm kind of man crushing on Swayze too in that film. I, mean, I, I can. Uh, there's like a like four or five songs on the soundtrack where when I hear them, I'm immediately like, Oh, dude, Dirty Dancing mm-hmm. right away. Uh, yeah, you're you're not wrong, Joey. Dirty Dancing is is pretty solid, and um, yeah, you're right. Snubbed, got snubbed. It's it's one of the best films made that year, and it's uh, sure. It'll go down in history. Well, Joey, I'm uh, I'm down to. I mean, I have one more nominee to throw out there, and I'm torn between two. Mm. Um, I know we just got done talking about Good Morning Vietnam, so that one's in contention in my brain. But Raising Arizona is pretty solid as well. Yeah, that's um, uh, it's on my list. What, which would you put another one? Because you've got there are a couple others that we haven't discussed. Would you put another one in there? I, I don't think so. I was I was gonna make an argument for the Lost Boys because I think that movie's it's pretty solid, awesome. It's pretty effing solid. Um, and you would think a vampire movie set in the late '80s is not gonna age well, but it. It holds up still. 
It does. No, Maybe you're I'm a little right, biased, it but it's really awesome. And it makes Santa Cruz feel like a creepy place. <laughs> and Kiefer Sutherland still scares me. Um, but maybe I'm just thinking, okay, out of all the films made that year, it's one of my favorites. That doesn't mean it's one of the best films made that year. Whereas yeah, Raising that, Arizona might be one, one of the best films made that year. And I mean, I would go like top 50 comedies of all time too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's quintessential Coen brothers. It is. It is. It's fantastic. So do we, so do we throw those two on there? Good Marine Vietnam and, and Raising Arizona. Yes. Give me your argument for Good Morning in Vietnam. Uh, I mean, we've we discussed it during the contrapuntal discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's much in the way that, like, uh, what was the movie with uh, Roberto Benigni? Um, life is Life is Beautiful. Yeah. Anytime you can take a serious historical subject matter and try to make it lighthearted or try to squeeze the humanity out of it. Yeah. I'm a fan. Um, you know, we just got done talking about, uh, uh, you know, uh, life is beautiful that if you would have told me when that movie was getting pitched around Hollywood, that's like, uh, Hey man, we got a, a lighthearted feel good movie about the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. You, you'd be like, get fucked. Like, don't even, don't even touch that. Like, how could you do that? Yeah. Uh, good morning, Vietnam. Uh, not not as severe as that, but it, it's a comedy about Vietnam. Um, yeah, but it yes. doesn't shy away from the trauma of it as well. And for for me, you look at Robin Williams in that movie. That movie is a perfect metaphor for his career. He's a comedian who mm-hmm. could who could just throw out some of the best dramatic performances you've ever seen. Yeah. A, a true actor. Um, I guess. I guess my my biggest issue is it's the second best Vietnam movie made that year. So when you're when you're up next to Kubrick, it's it's it, it cast a big shadow. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, would you would you say that you would pick Raising Arizona over Vietnam? Yes, I think okay. uh, so. Like I saw Raising Arizona at the Hollywood Cemetery. I don't think they're going to be showing Good Morning Vietnam there anytime soon. Um, so Joey, uh, here's the thing: is I think Raising Arizona is better than Good Morning Vietnam, but I would almost say that Good Morning Vietnam is better than Predator. There's something wrong with you. Um, <laughs> I don't okay. know. You know what? It's I, like we, I don't we, even know you. We gave Good Morning Vietnam enough enough love during Contrapuntal. I I will yield. I I'm not going to fuck with Predator. We keep Predator on. Good Morning Vietnam gets uh, gets dropped off, and uh, I we were now be left with our actual top five nominees here. So, uh, Joey, <laughs> <clears throat> let me let me break this down here. Does Does Good Morning Vietnam have Old Painless the Gatling gun in it? I don't think so. No. No, it ain't got time for that. Um, so we are we are taking the award away from the Last Emperor as well as the other nominees: uh, uh-huh. Broadcast News, Fatal Attraction, Hope and Glory, and Moonstruck. And now we've got the snubified Ooh. nominees. Ooh. We've got Predator, Raising Arizona, Dirty Dancing, Full Metal Jacket, and The Princess Bride. What a lineup! That is a hell of a lineup, Joe. You're gonna hate me, but impressed. I'm gonna. I want to ditch Dirty Dancing right away. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's the sympathetic underdog, and I'm okay with that. I think we 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 gave it props just by giving it a nomination. Nobody puts baby in a corner. I I appreciate that. I really do, and I thank I you mean, for that. Swayze, you're you're sexy forever because of that movie, uh, dude. Of course he is, absolutely. And Roadhouse. <sighs> Fuck guys like you in prison, man. <laughs> <laughs> Never gets old. No, no. Um, Joey. So we've, so final four. Oh man, this is tough. Raising Arizona, Predator, Full Metal Jacket, Princess Bride. Okay, don't kill me. I think I'm gonna. I think I would ditch Raising Arizona. Okay. No, I'm okay with that. I would. That would be my my next go to. Yeah, okay. I, I I agree. We're we're on the same page still. Okay. No need no need to get angry. Everybody, calm down. Just fucking calm down. This, Go back to your corners. This is where it's gonna get real tough. <sighs> 
I would drop Predator now. Ugh, you son of a well, bitch. Well, no. Well, make your case. Make your case. Um. Okay. I will. Everyone dies in it except for Schwarzenegger. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty weak case. Um. Okay. Are we are we like we're really leaning on the court of public opinion on this one? Like I, I know, know that's our thing. We usually do, but like that. I know. Just that's it's what chock full of muscles and quotes doesn't mean it's the greatest film made that year. But dude, keep in mind we reassigned Best Picture to Happy Gilmore one year. That's true. That's true. Um. Okay. In the director's commentary on the DVD, the director I think his name's John McTiernan. The opening scene, it's you see outer space, you see the alien coming to yeah. earth yeah his his director commentary is like well i don't even remember that like he like <laughs> it's like okay bro like so that being said give, like didn't you know, give enough shit about his own movie exactly whereas kubrick gave a shit about every oh every ounce of thing. that film so uh, that alone i guess okay. we, we can cut predator okay uh, but my god man it made it to the top three of that year i mean it's, that's that's pretty fantastic it's a great film it's a great film. Okay, Joey, we're down to the two that I thought it was going to come down to. I thought so, too. We're down to Princess Bride and Full Metal Jacket. Man, Neither of these were even nominated. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, so, okay, so he. this is literally the problem with this podcast is we are stuck between arguably the greatest movie from a technical, from a storytelling, from a artistic point of view versus one of the single greatest sentimental favorites of all time. Because here's the thing is metal full metal jacket. I would never consider that a sentimental favorite that like you got to have some, some fucked up things going on in your head to consider that a sentimental favorite. What is your major malfunction? Num nuts. Yes. So one, you know what it is? Full metal jacket has my, has my mind. Princess Bride has my heart. And who's going to win out? This is you hard. You know, this is hard because I usually lead with my heart as well. Um, humpadink, humpadink, humpadink. I, you know, it's just... I, I'll <laughs> so we, we, we mentioned earlier that this might be in the top five of Kubrick's films. Right. All time. Maybe top three. This would be number one for Reiner. By far, right? Um, th- I, I could make something, a case on that alone. Yeah, and there's something a little bit bipolar about Full Metal Jacket in the best way. Yeah. But it is kind of these two separate films, you know, the 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 D'Onofro versus Modine kind of situation. Um, clearly, it's a masterpiece. I'm not Hi, saying Joker. it's not. I'm not. It is a masterpiece. Okay, but. here's here. Okay, Joey. Maybe yes. Oh God, I, I, maybe this is how we have to decide it. because uh. the whole point of this podcast is to look back on it and say, "Wow, they got that wrong. They got that really wrong." Mm-hmm. While taking the court of public opinion into effect. Yeah. We mentioned this before. The Princess Bride has grown in popularity seemingly every year since its release yes yeah full metal jacket not going anywhere there's exhibits and museums for it that being said i feel like you look back at 1987 and it's the princess bride is that what sticks out joey do you have the envelope in your hand do you want to open that up and see what's inside rip do they rip envelopes uh, the, well, the year that Kirk Douglas and Michael Douglas presented, they ripped it in half. Do you remember cool. that? It was <laughs> the year men. that Chicago won. They ripped it in half and then pulled the halves out and then put them together. I'm like, that was cheesy. Uh, uh Joey, open, uh, open that envelope. And, uh, ooh. I'm going to, I'm going to say right now, uh, ladies and gentlemen of Snubby's Nation, uh, we are taking the 1987 award year, 1988 Oscar for best picture away from the last emperor. And mm-hmm. we are going to snubify this and assign it to the rightful winner, Joey. The Princess Bride. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, I I agree. 
I do. I absolutely agree with that. That's a good call. Man. It's tough. Oh. It was a tough one. But I'm Joey, I'm I know you very happy. I, I know you want to say it. G- give me give me the Vancini line again. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> You always do like the same one. Oh. No, it's you know what it is? It's it's the story from uh, Kinkos. Excuse me, excuse me. Do you know what the Kinkos is? <laughs> if you don't know what that one is, uh, go back. Like, there's like 15 episodes where Joey mentions that exact same yeah. story. Never misses the Sicilian. <laughs> it's so good. And Andre the Giants, you know, he's oh, our favorite. He's the best. Heartbreaking. He's the heartbreaking. Best. Yeah. I knew it's... he was bluffing. I knew he was bluffing. <laughs> Stop making rhymes. I mean it. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> uh, Joey, good call, man. Good call. Great, this is a good one. Great call. Best picture. Good. It was. It feels good. I feel good. It does. You feel good? It does. It, it, it's the feel good movie and we feel good for doing it. Good. Yeah. Good. Love it. Yeah. Love you, buddy. Love you too, man. <laughs> uh, all right. That's it. That's that's our episode, that's man. We, we, we wow. talked about some contrapuntal and we, uh, we gave the Princess Bride the ultimate props. Totally. And if anyone out there has an Alka-Seltzer t-shirt that they want to sell me <laughs> from over the top. Let me know. <laughs> Good call. Good call. Uh, need to plug anything on the way out here? Um, just do good to people. Everyone's pent up and stressed out. You know, just spread the love. It's easy. I think, uh, think the rainbows are on the horizon, my friend. Yeah. I think we're going to be okay here. I can't wait to, to touch you in person, Evan. Touch your body. I need a Joey hug. I need one bad. <laughs> Big meaty man slapping me. Soon. Very soon. Good times. Good times. Shirtless. Right. We'll go shirtless. Definitely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much. Follow us on uh, Instagram, or uh, I think I created a Snapchat that we're going to get up and running at Ooh. some point. Um, snubbies. Just look for the snubbies. You know where we are. And uh, if you have an award that you want us to look at in the future, please let us know. We'd be happy to do so. We would. Send in your questions, all that good stuff. And uh, if you see us on the street, uh, get the fuck away because we're still socially distancing. <laughs> uh, Joey, love you, man. <laughs> love you, Evan. See you next right. time. Mason, take us out. I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Don't just stare at it. Eat it. I just want to punch those kids in the face. Baby wants to fuck. And hey, check that back entrance. You know, you might enjoy it. Mmm, feels so good. Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. Bye. Bye-bye, dickhead. See ya. Take care now. Bye-bye, then. Happy Bye. Bye-bye, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>